0: Good morning. Did you know that the most important thing about you is that God loves you? He loved you to the cross and back. And part of His great love is that He gives you a life that matters. You never have to wonder, do I matter? Do I count? You are number one in God's book. And He gives you opportunities every day to live a life beyond yourself. i like to call it a legacy life. This is Sue Donaldson. As you listen today, ask God, show me how to spend today investing in people and your word, because both last forever. There's no better way to live. Good morning. Today, I have a new friend to introduce you to, uh, Carrie Eichberger. Is that right? Did I say that correct? That's right. Okay. Carrie's from Kentucky, and I've been teasing her because I can tell, and um and it's a beautiful thing. So God made us all unique and it's wonderful. Carrie is an author and a mother of five, right? Yes, but, you I got think. it. My mother had five kids too. And she said she would she would be so tired that she would go to bed with her ears ringing. And I never asked her what that meant. I think I was too tired of listening to it when she would say that over and over again. But she was very <sighs> sympathetic when I would complain because I only have three and that is enough. <laughs> Your um, book is called Win Over Worry, Conquer What Shakes You, and Soar With the One Who Overcomes. That is a mouthful. Did you write the tagline or did someone help you with that?
1: I did. I did. I did write that. It changed many times, yeah. but I felt like that captured sort of the gist of what I wanted people to hear. Yeah,
0: great. Carrie, tell us a little bit about your family and where you live, et cetera.
1: Well, like you said, I live in Kentucky. I was born and raised in Louisville, and um, I stepped away for four years to go to the University of Kentucky for college, but I've been here my whole life. My husband and I both, and I have no intentions of leaving, though I would love, I have dreams of being in Florida someday. But anyway, yes, so (laughs) we're here, and like you said, I have five kids. Mm -hmm. Um, We're done with three uh, that was our plan, but God nudged us to have one more, which led to immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. And so, I had a, a we had twins, so ended up with five. Um, and life is full; yeah, it is yeah. so full. I, I worked um, in the corporate world for ten years, and after the three, I had to come home. So I'm so thankful to be able to be home with my kids and to be able to write from my home. And um, you know, we're big sports fans here. Uh, following University of Kentucky place. I've got my kids range from 16 to five okay um, to so we're that. in everything you know, we wow. are we're in teenage years so we're mm-hmm. gonna start kindergarten with the littles um, but we have a good time um, my ears go to bed ringing many nights as well <laughs> <laughs> the house is full and it'll yeah. be quiet someday so yeah. I'm very thankful
0: I have a friend like you who had one more and ended up having two more so she has five yep Five as well, <laughs> and now the grandchildren are coming, so um, oh. they will multiply. But that, that you know, I know yes, yes. high school years were busier than anything else just because of all the mm-hmm. driving to all the sporting events, and yes. it just seems to be the way our culture works. I mean, I loved it, but by the time the last one, well, when all three were in soccer in three different fields on the same day, that was kind of my limit. Um, Mm -hmm. but uh, bless you. All I can say is bless you. No wonder you wrote a book about worry. Um, Tell us your story. (laughs) uh, Why this book and why did you write it?
1: Okay. So, you know, disclaimer, I was a worrier. I mean, I just... I mentioned having three kids at first, and the reason that was it was because my worry was an all-time max. I could not take much more. Anxiety was high, and I called myself a worrier my whole life. That's just the way I felt like God made me. Now I believe a little bit differently, but you know, as I pursued my faith and grew and became closer to God, I opened up some capacity um, of work. With, well, less worry, more peace. And that was sort of a, a door that allowed me to walk through the door to have that other uh, baby. But I tell people this all the time. So this is a book I did not really necessarily want to write because I felt like I struggled as well. And I thought I needed to be an expert. Right. And someone once said to me, as long as you're one step ahead, you can help somebody. And I thought, mm. you know, maybe. That's what people would rather do. Have a friend that can say, "Hey, I've been there, mm-hmm. and I have made some progress. I'm still a work in progress, but I've been there. I've come such a long way. There's hope. There's hope for me. There's hope for you. And my way didn't work, but I found a way that does. And so, when even though I wasn't really excited to just like write about a topic that I thought I struggled with." I wanted to help people and I really have a passion to encourage others and help people. And when I heard that was a need that, that my audience had, I felt like I had to do it. Mm. So that was really the beginning of it. Um, people said they wanted it. I did actually a poll online asking what the people were struggling with. Mm. And I listed several things, worry being one, hoping that was not what they would respond with. And it was, Mm. so that led to, um, me just opening up, researching my past and where, where had I, um, where, where, what did this really look like? And to able to, for me to be able to help walk someone through that
0: process and show I think,
1: them what it looks like. I think it's victory. such,
0: a, such a common, um, malady. I mean, at once at one point, it's, it's a, it's a dilemma or, it, but on the other point, on the other side of the spectrum, panic attacks, I mean, it can keep you from, mm. from doing your life the way God wants you to have it. There's just, yes there's yeah. all these different things on the spectrum. I'm sure you're aware of. I had the opportunity Absolutely. to, we had a mentoring night where different women were asked to, uh, to speak on, you know, little topics at tables. And then the bell would ring and then people would switch. It was like a dating thing, you know, like a dating, whatever that called you switch tables. Yeah. And speed dating my, um, yeah, speed dating. it was speed mentoring and it was so much fun. But my topic was trust versus worry. I just had that little thing on the middle of the table. And these mm-hmm. high school girls came to my table as well as, these other folks. And I said, what are you girls doing here? Well, of course they had their own worries. Where were they going to go to college? You know, who were they dating and all this stuff. And we ended Mm -hmm. up meeting the following Saturday for donuts and talking further about it. But it was just so interesting that worry actually is a common, um, I I don't even know what to call it, problem Problem seems like yeah, a weak yeah, word, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Everywhere, and it's interesting that it's with kids because my mom used to say, "I would say, Mom, stop worrying, because you know it gets so annoying." Wait, to, you know your kids in high school. I'm sure they stop worrying. It's like I've got it under control until they don't, right? And, right, right, right. <laughs> and I said, "Mom, stop worrying." She goes, "It's a mother's job to worry." And I said, "Mom," I thought to myself, "That is so unspiritual," you know, because I was the spiritual one, you know, and mm-hmm. and then I had children. And I yep. thought, well, of course my mom worried. Bless her. bless her heart. I, she, she worried most about me, I'm sure. You talk about, you refer to the root of worry. Explain that a little bit.
1: Okay. So here's the thing. What I believe is a lot of people, we have these worries and we don't always want to call it worry. We, we not all want to admit to having worries, but to me, when there is lack of peace in your thoughts or, um, that there's typically worry that's present there, but getting to the root of it, we, we so we, we have these worries at the surface. And a lot of times we want to put band-aids over these worries to help to, you know, wash them away because it's not fun to worry. There's so many things. And I talk a lot about this in the book, but essentially what I get down to, if you, if you can understand that there is a fear at the root of each worry. You know, if you ask yourself, why am I worried about this? And you kind of look at all the little things that you're that you're worried about. If you ask yourself why, at the, the root of that, there's fear there. We don't mm-hmm. always realize that. That's the way the enemy works um, to, tr- to trick us. What would you but say is the difference?
0: What's the difference between fear and worry?
1: You know, I think we can look at this two ways. Um, I believe that, Worry when escalated and not handled and resolved can turn into fear. Okay. And as it as it snowballs and it gets bigger, you know, and the way that it it, and then I also believe that at the root of the worry, there is a deeper rooted fear. Uh, for example, when when I go through this process in the book of asking yourself why, there's two fears that I can we can actually identify and uh, trace them all back, to you. and it's the fear of helplessness and the fear of worthlessness. And if that doesn't make sense to you, if you mm. kind of, if you were to write down a couple of your worries and ask yourself why and why and why, I would, I would be willing to almost bet that you would come down to those things.
0: Could you repeat? Um, could you repeat those two, please?
1: Yes, the, the fear of helplessness. Mm. And the fear of worthlessness. Hmm. So for example, let's say we are, we're worried about our kids. Well, why are you worried about them? So in this specific instance, let's say, so my son is 16 and he's driving now (laughs) and I'm worried about what happens to him while he's driving. Well, what am I, why am I worried about that? Well, let's say I'm, you know, if I go down and ask a few times, I'm worried about, he might get injured. Am I worried about that he might, that I might lose a child. That's a real worry. And that worry can, that's, that worry turns into a fear because of the way that it affects us. And that worry—why am I worried about losing a child? Is it—is it, it to me? It's that—it's that—that fear of being helpless and the way that then that we—how can we—how can we possibly handle something to that extent? We're helpless. Hmm. Um, and then other other worries can go down to that root of, of worthlessness. So then it's when we can get to those roots of those worries and we can actually take those and. And attack them with the truths of God. The, the truths; so these are these are all the root of these worries. These these fears are lies. They're lies of the enemy because we are never helpless, and we are never worthless. And I get into that as well, and the reasons why. And it's because of the truths of God.
0: So and when you it's when we can let's use that example: if uh, the fear of losing okay. a child. I mean, I think that's a mother's greatest fear. Um, Absolutely. Uh, and we are helpless in a sense, because we can't control them. The older they get, the worse it is that we can't control them. Yes, And it's it's the best thing for me and maybe for you as well uh, in training me to trust God deeper because Mm -hmm. we are helpless. But you say we're not helpless. So explain that. We are
1: not helpless because God is always there. I think that if we can really infuse that truth, into our lives into our beliefs. We say we believe that God is in control. We say we believe that God is always there. But the way we live doesn't always look like that. Totally. So what I'm saying is, what's that? I said I agree. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that because God is our helper, because he is will always be there to to pick us up, to comfort us, to give us peace when we when we seek him then we are not helpless and he can do all things. And when we understand that he has the power, that he is almighty and has all the power to do anything, then we can under start, to under start to understand and we'll never fully get this right. And we know that, but the more we can grasp that, that he is there because he loves us. And that's another huge piece. Those, those are two truths that really sink into deeply is that he has the power. He is almighty. He is pow- has all the power and that he, uh, his love is unconditional, that he is, um, his love is perfect. And because he loves us, we are not worthy and he will always be
0: there for us. Um, how would you approach, I have a couple questions. Well, statement, I think we learn this best when things are stripped away from us. Because we're thrown on the truth that we've said our whole lives is true. And then we have to, some of us more than others, like Lisa Pella lost her husband. She's going through this. It's a continual battle. I talked to her, overheard someone at the gym this morning say that last night was terrible because her husband just passed away and all the tears. So when we go through the deepest, darkest things, that's when you... Actually, you have to to kind of, would you believe that, would you agree that you have to decide whether you're going to accept God's truth or not?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I do talk about that as well, that this is a choice, that we have to make this choice. uh, One, over our thoughts and our worries and realize that we can replace our thoughts. I know that some situations are going to be so absolutely painful, but I think we do have to accept that God is there and can help us to allow it to to resolve, dissolve, or infuse any of that peace into that situation and comfort in that situation. It it never goes away by any means, but I do believe it makes it it better.
0: Um, A friend friend of mine, excuse me, go ahead. No, go ahead. A friend of mine, older and wiser, um, was asked by someone else, have you ever had a broken heart? And while I knew her and I knew that her Son-in-law had left her daughter, and I knew she'd had a broken heart. I knew that her husband had died of a stroke. So I waited to hear the answer, but she I didn't have to wait long. She just said, oh, of course, hearts are broken, but hearts mend. You can either become bitter or better, and you either mm-hmm. become closer to God or you go further away. It's almost like you can't stay on a fence.
1: Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. right. Wise words. Now, some, I that- yeah, Go ahead.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I've watched people endure some of the most traumatic, difficult um, things. And and while I'll tell you what's so what I love to see, it's so beautiful is when someone that's endured such things after they are removed from it a little bit to, for them to say where they saw God show up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's also <clears throat> that they're enduring all these things. We really see his faithfulness and if we identify that it is that, it, that it, God is there through all those things, it does give us that confidence that we can walk. And that's why I think this is a process for sure, because as we see him show up each time we face fear, it gives us the confidence to face the next struggle and when we watch others do the same thing, it gives gives us confidence. I've seen people; it amazes me because the things I think I can't handle, when I see others say, "I couldn't either," but with God with me, I was able to walk through it mm-hmm. and look where they are now. And it's it, that um, you know, I, I love to see not as much as it's so hard to watch people struggle through these things, but um, you do see God show up.
0: Mm-hmm. What are you most worried about?
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> One, two, three, Definitely four, my five. children. <laughs> One, two, three. Yeah, four, exactly. <laughs> and that is why I said, what, three? I couldn't take much more because I definitely <laughs> believe the more, yeah, mm-hmm. the, you know, it's like the, the, the more life. And I think this is with a lot of people. As they go through life, you worry more because you take on more responsibility. You have more things on your plate. And that's why I think it's so important to get a hold of this. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't, the more that... I'm. I, I, grandchildren, hopefully someday. And I will love them too. And uh, more people that I love, more people that I worry about. If I can't give them to God, and if I can't say that they are his, all of this is his, I can't imagine what I would do without it. I would, you know, I, I, you mentioned panic attacks and I struggled with that in high school and college. Mm. And I would be there. I would still mentally struggle with those. I know I did not have I have the Lord. I, I believe that there is a time and place for medical intervention and for, um, for medication because I have been there 100%. But I also believe that there's so much more we can do when we allow God to um, put his hand on that in our life. So yes, I worry mostly about my children 100%. Yeah,
0: me too. Um, have you come across people who say, well, that works for you, Carrie, but excuse me, but it's not for me it's kind of like people saying well it's nice that you're religious and go to church but it's not for me but have they they are christians they they believe the word they grew up believing it they've been a christian for 100 years but they say well that works for you carrie uh it's not for me what could you say to them to convince them that it is for everyone not that you can that's convince really anyone. Hard
1: one. No, that's a really hard one because this has actually happened to me. Um, I'm sure it has. And there's not a whole, I'll, I'll tell you, I have uh, someone very close to me and, and I'm not afraid just to, to share my faith and that this is something that I need and I need the Lord. And I, um, I want people to know that <laughs> I'm not doing this life on my own, but I've had someone say they just didn't really feel like they needed him. And that made me really sad. I thought, oh my goodness, you know, I just hope that you don't get to a point that someday that you do. But all I can is only, I don't know, for me personally, I'm not sure what you can say. I think I have to just show them. Hmm. And that's because I can tell them, but um, I really think it's important that I continue to say, I'm not doing this on my own. And I do struggle, but this is how I'm getting through. Mm. So I think it's important to being open about and to be, to be true to relate and not act like I have it all together, Mm -hmm. but that I don't, but the way I'm getting through is that people have asked me before, how do you manage five kids? Like, how do you do it? How do you not lose your mind? And how are you not exhausted? And I was like, well, I am exhausted, Yes, (laughs) but (laughs) by the grace of God, by the Mm -hmm. grace of God, that is how I get through. That is how I'm able to, um, to handle and to continue to parent and parent well
0: mm-hmm.
1: is have him. So yeah, when people say that, it's, uh, it's a tough one, but well, I think I'm, that, I'm open to saying.
0: I think that that person will be watching you. And it people watch me too. They know we go to church. They know um, different things about our lives. And then when things are hard, not that you want mm-hmm. to hang out all your dirty laundry, but it's good. Uh, uh, a guest recently said that, uh, vulnerability is the path to intimacy. And I think, inti- and I would like to further that by saying, intimacy is the path for something to come to know Jesus. Because if yes. they know how rough things are and that you're inviting Jesus in to give you his peace, because we can't do it on our own, whatever it is God's given us, whether right. we're single or whether we have multiple children or we've lost our job or our health, that could be actually the hardest thing, I think. Uh, because it's hard, like when you don't get a good night's sleep, the rest of the day is awful. Well, oh. think, of, think of the people who have those fatigue, you know, syndromes and or Lyme disease right, or something. Right. I just think, oh, so, you know, I get a hangnail and when it gets better, I think, oh, thank you, Lord, I have good health. Um, Because I'm kind of a wimp, but I have prayed at times, Lord, if you want to give me cancer or something hard, so that this person will get saved by watching the grace of God in my life. But then he, he reminds me that I'm a wimp when it comes to pain. So, so far, he has not answered that prayer. But I think it is important, Carrie, for you to continue to um, just say it the way you are doing it. Just be yourself. And when days are hard, let them know that too, because yeah. um, they're testing God. They're not testing you. And right. um, and I think another dilemma of the century is not just worry, but it's self-reliance and independence mm. and people worship their talent and they yes. do well. And it's like Psalm 73, if you're, if you're familiar with that word whoever, whoever, I don't think it was David, but whoever wrote that was going on and on about how these wicked people are prospering. And it's just not fair. And it isn't, it isn't right. And so those people don't rely on God. And then at I the know. end, those, but as for me, it is good for me that I rely on the Lord. Do people yeah. worry more now than a hundred years ago? Do you think, have you done any research like that?
1: You know, I haven't done any research like that. Um, Yeah. You know, it's funny. You were talking to me about how people have been writing about this. It seems frequently lately. And I Mm -hmm. think that when we go through certain things and the times and one being, you know, the pandemic several years ago, I think worry was an all time high. Mm -hmm. And that is when I was writing the majority of this Mm -hmm. um, actually started the idea before. Wow. Because that was just something that I personally struggled with. But then it people were coming out of the woodwork uh, and I was sort of anxious to like get this out there like, oh, this message needs to be reached right received right now. But um, I do think it seems when the world goes through more trying times, that is when I think worry is at a, is a, is at a high and I can't speak to um Hundred years ago, I know there was much that I think re- history keeps repeating itself, and there's more th- struggles. But it just seems to me that as we are more connected and we our awareness is so high of, of of all that's going on in the world, I do I do feel like people are more anxious, and the world just gets faster. So I think this is something um, that is becoming bigger and more prevalent in mm. our society these mm. days. I really do.
0: Yeah, you mentioned speed and connectedness. And I think that, because then we hear about the disasters quicker. Yes, yes. Because we're so connected. Mm, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it's interesting to me because I look back, uh, my parents were a product of the depression, and they wouldn't think of being worried about the things we worry about, because that's just a matter of getting food on the table.
1: Right, you know, that right, was a
0: worry, right. But that just seems, it's like people these days, why are you worried about that? You know, you have food. Most people, you know, the people I know have a job. Well, not everybody, but most people. And and mm-hmm. so you, you kind of want to dismiss it as being too minimal, but that's not what right. God calls us to do. God calls us to right. listen, listen to their anxiety <clears throat> and point them back to God. We can't heal them, but we can bring them to the healer. Who are some of the biggest worry yeah. warts in the Bible, do you think? Oh my goodness, the biggest worry words. Um, You know,
1: it's funny, this is. I, this story is overtold in the Bible, but I, I just, I've, I'm reading two books. I do this all the time. I'm reading two books simultaneously. And at the same time, these two books, both are telling the story of Mary and Martha. And I thought, you know, you hear it all the time, but I, 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 I really appreciate the story every time I hear it because I can relate at different points to Mary and to Martha, you know, mm-hmm. Martha being, I think she's a warrior. You I know, mean, when you say warrior, that's the first thing comes to mind as a story. I mean, mm-hmm. surely she was a warrior by trying to plan and plan. And I can relate to that. Um, I think that that's this world where a bunch of Martha's wanting to be married. And uh, at least that's, you know, what I can see. So I just, that's the first thing that comes to mind because as a mom and I'm in my home quite a bit, and I'm always scurrying around trying to take care of details. uh, That's just the first person that came to mind. That story once again pops up.
0: Well, I think a definition of a mother is a control freak, and it's, and I t- I I uh, embrace that not gladly, but I do embrace it because it's like, and if I didn't control it, the whole place would fall apart. I always tell that when I speak yes. at, uh, at women's retreats, I say, "Now you're going to learn this when you go home today, because nothing's going to be done. But you know, relax. <laughs> You've just come off this mountaintop. Try to you know make it last another twenty four hours at least." Mm. Um, I thought of Elijah, mm-hmm. you know, he were Elijah worried okay. and God said, you need a good night's sleep and you need something to eat. And that's an answer to many of our worries. Um, yes. Naomi, yes. Naomi, she wanted to change her name to bitter. She was more than worried. She was bitter. And then I thought of Hannah, I'm studying her cause I'm writing a book as well. And And uh, she worried a lot, and and it was for good cause. She was barren, and it meant a lot more then than it does Mm -hmm. now, I think. Now there's the heartbreak, then it was the social curse as well. So I think I love Mm -hmm. the Bible in its honesty, and that people fail all the time. Even David, who was called a man after Mm -hmm. God's own heart, he worried a lot. That's why we have the Psalms. I mean... (laughs) he I read yes. I heard the other day in the message it says stop turning your back on me God now I would worry if God you know turned his back on me and he didn't yeah but yes. that's yeah but that's how he felt you know so mm-hmm. how do you how do yes. you how do you put your feelings of worries up against the truth of scripture
1: oh uh, you know that is um it's a this is such a process and so I really believe that we are able to it's It's the message, the song that's written on my heart that is that I is my go-to in these moments. I think people need to understand that really uh, getting rid of worry or not getting rid of it completely, because it doesn't ever completely go away. Um, it's something that we have to work on every day. It's it's a commitment to pursue God every day and pursue His truths because I believe that He's going to do whatever He can to make you forget the truths that we already know to be true. So it, it's a daily commitment for me. It's something that because I struggle with worry and because I so quickly want to flip the script to, you know, I'm in control and God's not— mm-hmm. I have to every morning wake up and, and approach him and and get on my knees and just say myself and say, I can't do this alone. Lord, I trust you. Hmm. I know you're in control. I know that you love me. And and, and just sort of speaking those truths. So when I talk about the truths that God loves me and that He is in control, He has all the power. It's it's really taking those two things, and that's been sort of like the, these two nuggets that have been top of mind for me through this process, and for me as a as someone who has struggled with worry and fear. It's those two things, uh, those two truths that I have continued to. Speak over myself in moments. Um, and I've written, I, I've, I mentioned in the book to write those two things down and put a little note and post it note. And as you read through to hold that with you. And I did it myself a couple of weeks ago because it, I, it came back. Mm. Um, the summertime's a little <clears> wild <throat> here with <throat> everybody home. And the more people in the house, sometimes the more worries that pop up. Uh, but it's those two things that I've had to really ground myself with. Could you um, repeat just, the two? And Could- understand could you repeat the, the two? two well? that, that God, that just, that if we can understand these two things, one, that God loves us more than we can possibly imagine, that his love is perfect. And then also that he is in control. and He is over all things, has power over everything. So if I can understand that his, his pow- he has the power and that his power is good, then I can really trust him and trust all aspects of my life because he mm-hmm. will take care of us.
0: My neighbor texted me yesterday and she said her 16 year old son was uh, had she had taken him to the ER the night before because of a bad sunburn like he couldn't handle it and so then today she was saying something to or yeah the next day she was saying something about how um, you know God was in control and 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 the boy said, well if he's in control why didn't why did he let me have sunburn? which is a very childlike thing to say, childish thing to say. And so she wanted to know how to answer him, you know? And so I'm getting into this long theological treatise about, you know, the fall (laughs) of man in Genesis, which is not helpful in that situation. Um, So she, so uh, I don't know. How would you answer that when someone says, well, of course, I'm going to worry because this world is so fallen And what if my husband dies before the remodel is done? I mean, that's something I've thought about. We remodeled for 13 years. Do not fall off the roof until it's finished. Then you can. Yes.
1: Yes. You know, for me in these situations, when there's something that just can't be explained and there's so many, and that that happened, uh, the the world is full of that. I have, that is a time that I have to personally understand. This is what I tell my children, that God sees what we don't see Mm -hmm. and he sees something so much bigger. His days are look different than ours. His time is different. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And I trust, and, and we can see in our own life. We can look now and look, you know, maybe look back five, 10 years ago. It's something that we struggled with then. And we can see things might make sense now. And that's just on our in our in our small amount of time here on earth. Right. But God sees eternity. He sees mm-hmm. even just he sees, sees your whole life and sees how that plays out larger in our life. And we can see even some bad things that maybe happened in the past, how they turn to good. So mm-hmm. I do believe God will. I, I've seen him redeem all things. And even the things we, we won't see Him redeem here, we have to
0: trust that he will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my friend, bless her heart, said, well, I guess that's why we call it faith. <laughs> and I said, good yeah, for you. It's right. Exactly. exactly.
1: And I have sometimes made up scenarios with the kids. I'm like, well, you never know, like how this incident that of you getting hurt, how, you know, it'll give you more perseverance in the future, or it'll give you perspective when you're a child, you know, you have have no idea. And I'll make up these little, you know, Mm -hmm. fun scenarios, Yeah, but uh, at the end of the day, we we
0: don't know. We don't know. And my favorite is second Corinthians one, where it says, um, When we're in pain and God comforts us, then we are able to pass on that same comfort to someone else. And that is a truth that your young children could um, understand uh, and it builds their empathy. And also uh, reading Mm -hmm. biographies of Christian, like through the Gates of Splendor, Your your older kids are old enough for, that's when I started reading Elizabeth Elliot, and you think, gosh, I wouldn't want my husband to be speared down when I'd only been married four years or however long it was. And yet the fruit of their lives, but we don't see the fruit or when we're young, we're too immature to think that we want to hold on. So we pray for our, I think our main prayer for our kids might be, or for those young in their faith, that they just hang on, that they hang on no matter what. You know, recently someone near near and dear to me said to me, I am trusting God, like don't don't have people stop telling me to trust God. I am trusting God and I have been thrown against the rocks. Do not give me platitudes. And I said, Okay. But I did say God will under I said, God will honor your trust. That's truth. Mm-hmm. That's all I could yeah. say. I was not gonna send her any Bible verses, that's for sure. It's just it was, it's just not helpful. It it drives people away. All right. One thing you talk about is to unlearn worry. Now, I guess that assumes. Uh, presupposition that worry is a learned trait is that true? Mm-hmm. We learned that well- is
1: something that I experience. I think that where mm-hmm. w- though I believe that many people are born with the predisposition to anxiety and to mm-hmm. worry, and I am one of those. Hmm. I believe that I watched this in my own life unfold, and I've seen it in others. We're learning worry as we begin to experience life and struggles, and we don't properly place that. That struggle, that um, the suffering that we experience. So it's my way over. For me, it was it was me choosing my way over God's way, and not really allowing Him to fill all those empty voids in my life. So when I experienced some stuff, some struggles in high school, for example. I didn't really dig in then to um, allow God to fill those empty places, and empty spaces and places. And I didn't really ha- deal with and handle the struggles. And so it's, it planted these little seeds of, of sort of protection and avoidance for the future for my life. And I sort of learned these coping strategies that were not healthy. And I think a lot of times we do that when we don't place our trust in God and we misplace it and place it in ourselves or in the world, then we're sort of learning how to handle situations um, in unhealthy ways that are ineffective. So basically what I'm saying is we're, we, we become wor- these warriors because we have all this, like this snowball effect of, um, of, of stuff we've experienced that we haven't handled the right way. But, and that's how I think a lot of us, we learn to worry because we're, handling things not god's way and not releasing it to him allowing him to place peace um where we instead you know we worry because we're trying to control things ourselves which which is not in our control so and then the un, the learn the unlearning process is wait, wait, just let me, I, have go, I
0: have a oh, question oh yeah go ahead. so um so you would define worry as hand, as taking control of something that is not to be under our control
1: I, I believe that when we experience something and we then have these these thoughts, these negative thoughts, or we have these little fears that start to bubble up and fester um, because of maybe the situation that we've experienced, um, and we don't, yes, yeah, so if we we don't then handle those, we don't we 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 try to control that. and it's it's what we do with it. You know we might have a thought that comes to mind that we're concerned about something, but it's then mm-hmm. what we what we do with it. So how do we live? And for me, it was living anxiously. It was avoiding certain things and avoiding life. And that, that to me was, was sort of worry exposed and opened up. So we can have a thought that's like a concern, but it's then what we do with it, uh, how we live our lives that then allows that to continue to, we sort of, to allow it to fester and to grow.
0: Okay. And your steps for unlearning, worry.
1: So first, is identifying that it the worries so I kind of mm-hmm. go this process of, and I'll try to make this really quick because it's it's a it's a whole a whole book
0: it's a whole <laughs> book I'm, it, I'm not you know? expecting it. my question was actually um oh summarize your steps are you able to do that just quickly yeah. identify the worry. So
1: okay identifying the worry identifying the worry mm-hmm. and getting to the root of the worry so we talked about getting oh, to yeah. the root of what that fear is yeah that's really um, good that sort of thing Yeah, getting to the root of it, and then it's releasing it, surrendering it to God, exposing that, that we we look at those fears as lies from the enemy Mm -hmm. and acknowledging them as that. And then uh, so we're exposing them to the light, which then helps them lose that power. And then once we've done that and we've surrendered and we've released it and we, we then, I then go through this whole process of what that looks like and a lot of practical ways that we can, um, then relearn some, some healthy coping strategies, um, to trust God. So there's a, there's a whole, that there's a lot there. Um, so that's I walk through how we unleash what it looks like to unleash peace and joy and purpose. Um, and then accept our true identity in in Christ as His children. Mm. So that's sort of in a nutshell.
0: It's very practical. <laughs> it's, it's so practical. And I did have this question: Is there a time frame people can expect from moving from panic to peace? But I guess it would depend on the person. Mm, that's. A, I love how you said
1: that. I definitely think it depends on the person. I really. I wrote this so that when you first start reading it and you start to identify your worries and just realize if you can just place God there, if you can just accept that he is with you we you start off there mm-hmm. that you can immediately relieve, relieve us a, a little bit of it. So you can just right. start. It's a process. Like I said, I think there's levels of worry mm-hmm. and I think it's how much you're willing to dig in. And the more, the closer you get to God and the more we pursue him and apply that these truths to our lives, the more, We'll see the fruit of that labor,
0: mm-hmm. and any any good habit takes at least sixty days. We're told by all sorts of people. Um, yes. a, a consistency of mine... is key. Yeah, consistency is key, and that's why we need a book and we need friends to remind us to bring us to the healer. Um, a friend of mine, tongue in cheek, said once to our Bible study group, "He goes, well, you know, worry really works because ninety percent of the things we worry about never happen. It's a yes. joke." <laughs> So, because we worried about it, it didn't happen. That's what he was saying.
1: Right, right, right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, this, this is. I a, thought you
1: were saying that most things you worry about don't actually happen, which is yeah, true. They don't. It's so
0: true. So why waste all that time? But we go ahead and do it anyway because we're mothers. Um, yes. Uh, you know, this like this uh, podcast is about legacy, and I can I can assume what your legacy is. But why don't you just, in a nutshell, what legacy do you want to pass along to those who know and love you?
1: You know, it, it's. Yes, I think that the easy answer is my faith, but it's, you know, more specifically, um, I want, you know, I want people to, I want my children, the people that I love to really say, not just that she loved Jesus, which that is the most important thing I want people to know about me is that I loved Jesus, but I want it to make a difference in their life. I want to live so that they see it. It's not just um, something that was written in a note or but they um, they it, it, that they see it that reflected and it makes them want to live differently as well mm-hmm. um, and so I hope to be bold in my faith and be vulnerable um, that's one thing God gave me the gift of vulnerability and I'm thankful for that as mm-hmm. much as it's um, a struggle at times. I I want to use that to um, to give him glory. And I just, you know, I talked about having those, my, my kids, my, my, the, the twins. And this has a lot to do with legacy for me because I went through this phase after I had my first three kids. And I just wanted God to use me. And I was seeking purpose like never before. And I did this Bible study about motherhood um, and it was talking about having children and something just planted the seed and this label went off. Like, I'm not just raising children. I'm raising like, you know, these kingdom builders. Mm -hmm. And I thought, gosh, I I have another child. And what if this is like this child could then go off and do great things and one more one more of God's children to add to the world to then hopefully I can make a difference enough in their life and and teach them what it looks like to model the faith and then exponentially uh, multiply that. And that was genuinely the heart when I had that one more. And then when God gave me twins, I was blown away. I mean, I just remember the tears that flowed (laughs) that morning. God, you have so much more, like what are these kids going to do someday? I can't wait. But um, Yeah.
0: So great. And what is your biggest challenge or obstacle to being vulnerable and having your kids and those other people in your family, or even that one gal who uh, doesn't see a need for God, what is the biggest struggle to make sure that you are passing on that legacy?
1: You know, the biggest struggle for me, coincidentally, is goes alongside of this book that I wrote. And it has it's fear, mm-hmm. because it's something I have come so far with. But I believe that fear at, at times in my past held me back from doing the things that God wanted me to do. And I think that it's true of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and That's something that I know that I'm continuing to work for, work towards just pulling back the layers and um, to allowing me to say yes to God, because whether I'm avoiding going places, he wants me to go or seeing people he wants me to see, or just having conversations Um, I think that that can be an obstacle of, of, of allowing that legacy to unfold the way I Mm -hmm. see it, like in this perfect world unfolding. If I allow fear to hold me back from speaking the truth, um, then I, then, then I won't be able to, to do effectively what I would like to do in terms of legacy leaving. Mm
0: -hmm. So true. Um, I heard a speaker say once to a bunch of fledgling missionaries of of which I was one, take risks for God. And it was beautifully said, but I thought immediately it's far more of a risk to not take the risks for God because then we, we are stunted. Like you say, we end up, the fear keeps us back from realizing really who God is because when things are hard or scary And yet we feel God's call on our life. Like you felt God's call in your life to write this book or to have a fourth, fifth child. And and if you would have held back, think of the blessing that others wouldn't get as well besides yourself. So it's like so worth it to, Mm -hmm. um, like, I never want to go skydiving in my entire life. I have no... um, uh, a desire. but I know that feeling is being flung out on God's breast and realizing that he is all I need. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's not until we're so scared and we're on the edge of the cliff or things have been stripped from us like my dear friend who wrote me that that mm-hmm. um, that we don't know that God is enough. Um, mm-hmm. and yet we still need each other and it sounds like to me we need your book. One more question. <laughs> How does uh, your life embody the welcoming heart of God?
1: You know, kind of like talking about leaving legacy, um, I I feel like it's so important. I am working towards getting better at embracing people um, in terms of relating to them. We talked about the person that I feel like they don't need God. And I think there's so much of that in the world, Uh, And it can be easy for me to stay in my bubble and in my comfort zone and talk to the ones that already believe and and think the way that I think. But um, in part of this getting past fear and pushing past that is being able to relate. And um, I think myself included, we need to get better at being not being self-righteous, but meeting others where they are. And um, like I talked about that a little bit earlier, letting them know I, I, we are the same. We are all sinners. I'm a sinner as well. The only difference is maybe I acknowledge I have a need for a savior. I know I can't this life alone. So, um, you know, it's kind of sort of kind of like in the long same lines of what I was saying earlier, as far as the obstacles, um, those are things I have been moving past and toward that um, really are you know, without like boasting, it's like that's what I want to do. I'm hoping that I'm I'm walking in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to move forward and continue to embrace others and just meet them where they are because I want to I want to reach um, those that um, don't know what we know.
0: Exactly, exactly. I remember years ago, early 20s. I thought, Gosh, I don't have any non-Christian friends. So how can I, how can I share Christ? And I started praying <laughs> about it. And since then, I have several favorite atheists in my life and I just adore them. Mm. And it's such a oh, blessing I
1: love
0: that. and, um, I love that. and they don't mind coming over to my house. So, I mean, I could invite oh. them a lot more than I have time for. That's
1: so, beautiful.
0: Um, that's the, yeah. God will continue to open that door Carrie, because that's your desire and it's because it's his desire. So what a blessing. Yes. Okay. We're going to be giving away a copy of your great book. Would you repeat the Yay. title? Because I will fumble it, repeat the title and then we'll do a giveaway this week.
1: Yes, it is win over worry, conquer what shakes you and soar with the one who overcomes.
0: Great. And I saw that there's a little airplane on the on the cover of the book. All right. Leave a comment yeah. on show notes on my blog, also on, on um, Instagram or Facebook, where you'll find all these uh, quotes this week. And Carrie, you've been an absolute delight and such an encouragement. God bless Until you. Until next time. Thank you so much. The one God has called you to live all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.